Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us for a Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Scheduled to talk to Kevin Holland, a graduating senior that just finished his tenure as a basketball player at Southern Miss. Also, Doc Sadler scheduled to be on the show today. We're hunting Doc down now. Patrick McGee a little later in the show as well to kind of talk about what's happening over the weekend with Southern Miss baseball. First, I want to remind you that the opening segment every day is sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, a proud supporter of USM Athletics. You can enjoy Dickey's fall off the uh, bone meats that are cooked every day in-house. They cater every event too, large or small, so we encourage you to let Dickey's do the cooking the next time you have something special planned, and uh, you can just sit back, relax, and enjoy the good food. So Dickey's Barbecue, a proud supporter of the Eagle Hour, and uh, we're proud to have them. I think we've located... Our favorite basketball coach, Doc Sadler. We're going to bring him up here on the show in just a minute. And, Doc, how are you, sir? Good to see you. Good to hear, hear you. Not seeing you. Good to hear your voice again. <laughs> well, it's good to hear from you, Doc. Have you had a little chance to relax a little bit and maybe rest? <laughs> no. You know, I just got back in the town from being gone. Uh, left last Thursday. I got back and went to, to the National Junior College Tournament and then uh, went out recruiting and just got back yesterday. So, oh. uh, you know, if we're not playing games and coaching, we're recruiting. So, no rest time for, for us right now. I got you. Well, Doc, it was a great year. Uh, your kids win 19 games. Uh, I, I thought just a, a fun season, a remarkable season. As you look back on it, what, what are your thoughts now you've had a few days to think about it? Well, uh, uh, that's the only mistake I've ever heard. Give us that one more. We won 20, actually. 20, okay. And, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, and uh, so, no, no, when you had one many games, you No, no. I, I want to give you credit for everyone. <laughs> Absolutely, everyone, Doc. Well, you know, looking back on it, uh, I thought it was a good year. Obviously, uh, you know, going into this season, I knew that we had a chance to be really competitive. And the way I set the schedule up, I knew it was going to be really tough in November, December, but we had an experienced team. And as we've talked, uh, I think I think at the level that we're at right now, you're trying to build your team to play its best basketball late. And uh, I thought we did that. Uh, you know, we just we did not match up good against Western Kentucky. And uh, so, you know, that was a tough matchup for us But uh, in the tournament. But I thought really going into the last two to three weeks, I really thought we was playing the best basketball we played all year. And then when you look back on it and you evaluate who you finished the league, you know, in the standings, we tied for second. But, you know, with the new NCAA selection committee, they're using what they call a net, an NET. It's, uh, that's where they put all the different things, field goal percentage, defense, scoring, wins, loss, goal, how fast you got, da-da-da-da-da-da. 
And that's how they're selecting the tournament uh, participants. And we finished uh, top in the league. We finished with a 90 net, and Old Dominion actually finished with a 100. So uh, we finished uh, number one with a net score in our league. So that means that, uh, you know, we were really, really competitive. And uh, I'm not saying we're back to where we want to be because we want to play in the NCAA tournament. That's what I said when I came here. But I do think we're getting closer. I think our talent, uh, you know, we're losing a lot of guys. But I do think we've got some young, talented kids that's going to give us a chance to continue to improve. In the end, did the pod play help, not help, or, or hurt the conference? At the end of the day, uh, it, it really, in my opinion, uh, it, it, it really hurt us. Uh, you know, we're, we have been a league that got two teams in NIT, and by our net score, we should have been in it. Uh, but because, in my opinion, you, you lose those games late in the year, and that's what they go by, uh, you know, that's the difference between winning 20 games and maybe 22 games, and then you're automatically in the NIT. But, right. Uh, you know, I, the last the last three weeks was just brutal for us to travel. I mean, it was it was really really hard. Uh, we basically spent uh, spent uh, the last three weeks on the road, and uh, you just uh, it just wears your team out. So I'm not a fan of it. I don't know what the, if we're going to continue to do it or not. Uh, you know, I know the coaches in the league were not a fan of it, but, uh, you know, uh, we're not the ones that make the final decision. But hopefully our meetings in May will be able to, uh, we'll be able to uh, voice our opinions to the athletic directors and see where it goes. Coach Luke here. Uh, thanks for being on today. Uh, you, sure. you're, you're losing a lot uh, with floor general. <clears throat> Tyree Griffin, I, I just think he's going to go down as um, – one of the most underrated best players in the history of the program. Cortez, such a scorer, such a great defender. But talk about some of these guys that are going to be coming back. Ladavius Drain has has emerged as a, a national – I mean, he was top – I think he was top ten, maybe even top five in three-point percentage. Gabe Watson's, uh, a, you know, came on late. And then Harper Baker, I felt, Coach, was was the difference for your team this year um, um, down low. Talk about some of those guys who are going to be coming back. Yeah, I, I, I like I like the guys coming back. As you mentioned, uh, you know uh, the ones that got to play the most. Uh, obviously, Drain, uh, you know, is returning, and uh, you know, as you mentioned, his, his his numbers speak for themselves. And I like all the four freshmen. Uh, you know, got uh, got Dave. Obviously, that played a little bit more. Shaq, I think, is a little bit bigger. Cortez Edwards. Uh, you know, if you look at Cortez and Shaq's numbers as a freshman are a lot alike, but I really think he's going to be a nice player. Tyler Stevenson, in my opinion, has a chance to be really, really good. Uh, and then, uh, and then uh, Darius Marshall, uh, who is, uh, again, as athletic as anybody we've got. And then we've signed, already got three guys, uh, Denage, uh, he's actually already here uh, in the program. And then we've got... Uh, uh, we've got two players, uh, point guard signed, uh, and then a wing. Uh, so we, uh, we've got, uh, you know, to fill a couple of more spots. We actually got some kids on campus now this weekend. So, uh, you know, I really feel good about it now. You know, uh, people are going to have to be patient with this group because they're going to get thrown into the fire real quick next year with the non-conference. We're going to probably play at least 
seven BCS level schools that are all in the NCAA tournament. All seven of them in, in preseason. I mean, we're going. This is going to be the toughest schedule probably anybody in the country. Uh, you know, uh, with the, the Battle of Atlantis, uh, that those three games are going to be again: Michigan, North Carolina, Gonzaga, Oregon, Seton Hall, Iowa State. Uh, and in ourselves, uh, you're going to play three of those teams and you're going to go on the road and play four more, you know. Uh, I think we maybe right now we've got Iowa State as an individual game, Memphis, and then we're going to try to go to LSU and try to go to Alabama. So that'll be the other four. So I'm going to throw them in the fire, as I mentioned before. I'm not really concerned. You know, it's probably going to get me fired eventually, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not really concerned about what, what Doc Sadler's record is. What I'm concerned about is put my team in the best position when it comes February to be playing their best basketball and have a chance to win our tournament. Now, uh, I get it. You know, people at the end of the year are going to look back and, and say, well, Coach, you only won 15 games, but they're not going to care who you played. But uh, if you win 15 games and you get in the NCAA tournament, then that's all they're going to remember. So, uh I just feel like that's the best chance, not the smartest. I'll give you that. They ain't the smartest to be playing these teams. But uh, I do want to challenge our guys and get them ready to, to play in our league. I watched Gonzaga last night, Coach. They're pretty good. Well, uh, I try not to watch any of them because <laughs> I know we're going to play them. Yeah, Michigan wasn't bad either. Gonzaga's not bad. But, you know, I think North Carolina's pretty good. They're pretty good. Uh, they're, they're pretty yeah, good. You know, so we can go down the list. So. Uh, believe me, I'm not going to think about them cats right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Doc, we we want to thank you for being on the show all year. It's all, always fun talking to you. I, I think it just was an exciting, fun year. And uh, I think you and your kids have an awful lot to be proud of. And the last thing I'm going to say, Doc, is you should have been the Conference USA Coach yep. of the Year. Yep. Well, I appreciate that. You know what? I was happy that Cortez and Tyree made you know, Drain got to the postseason honors, and you know what? I would, I would, I would give any kind of honor or bonus anything just to get back to that NCAA tournament. So if if, if I don't ever get named that and we get in the tournament, I'll be happy as hell. So <laughs> uh, you know, to me, to me, I'm too old to worry about that. But I do appreciate you guys thinking that we did do a nice job, and uh, hopefully, we'll continue to do that. You're always welcome here, Coach. We look forward to talking to you again real soon. Batter up. All here right. We go. There you All go. Right, Coach Doc Sadler, everybody, should have been Conference <coughs> USA Coach of the Year. We'll be right back.
Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Dalton Stanford in the First Bank Studio of Hattiesburg today. I want to thank head ba- basketball coach Doc Sadler for joining us in the first segment. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Our friends down on Hardy Street, of course, have the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel you'll find anywhere from things from your house to your car to your body. And, of course, they rent and sell textbooks as well. You can visit them on Hardy Street six days a week. Or if you're in other parts of the state, you can just go to campusbookmart.net and uh, they'll deliver your stuff right to your front door. Our next guest, as we follow a basketball theme here on a Friday afternoon, uh, is a young man that uh, just finished his tenure as an outstanding guard for the Golden Eagles. Kevin Holland was described by his basketball coach to us a few weeks ago as the glue of the basketball team. Kevin, welcome to the Eagle Hour. What's up? What's up? <laughs> so you're the glue of the basketball team. That's what Doc Sadler said about you. What, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, that was kind of my role. I mean, I bounced around uh, a lot of different positions. He put me in different places, and that's the one thing that stayed consistent was I was going to start the game. And, uh, I mean, I played a lot of minutes my freshman year, my redshirt sophomore year, redshirt junior year, this past season, he kind of cut it down a little bit, but I still had a big role in keeping everybody together. But Kevin, uh, Doc, or Cortez Edwards did tell us that uh, Doc yelled at you mo- more than anybody else on the team. Is that right? <laughs> That's right. I mean, he held, he held me accountable, and um, he knew that I could take it. I mean, I just I always told that uh, you listen to what they say and not how they say it, so I just pay attention to what he was saying, try to translate it, and just try to be an example for for the rest of my teammates whenever they get yelled at. Kevin, are you telling us that Doc Sadler yells at you guys? I had no <laughs> idea about that. I mean, he looks calm in his uh, in his long sleeve shirt and sweatpants <laughs> in the game, but uh, sweatpants. <laughs> but but when he but when he comes to practice and he got the long sleeve and the shorts. He's he for real then. <laughs> <laughs> you guys had quite a year, Kevin, and, and you were uh, you were a group of uh, young men that I believe resurrected the basketball program, and uh, we thank you for that. But h- how gratifying was this last year in light of everything you guys went through? I mean, it was a, it was amazing. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't ask for a better ending to my uh, to my college career just based off of the fact that. Uh, we were under suspension and everything that went through the first year I got here. And just going from nine wins to to eight wins to nine wins to 16 to 20, I mean, I think we put the rest of the teams in, uh, in position to win that conference championship. Kevin, uh, you like uh, we've been talking about, you, you were just the uh, so important. One of the things that Doc said about you was that you covered uh, for everybody else's mistakes. Um was it easy for you? Was it was it was it hard for you to basically find your role on the basketball team as much as you played, or was that something that you just kind of took on and said, "I'll do whatever I need to do"? Well, I mean, I came in with the mindset that uh, that I was going to have to compete every day. When I when I signed, my high school coach told me, uh, "Do everything you can to make him to make your coach have to play you." So that was just the mentality I had. And my freshman year, I mean, I was the backup point guard um, coming off the bench, and my role was to just come in and kind of get the ball moving because the, the starting point guard was in attack mode. So the next year, I mean, I ran first just because everything was going on 
then I came back and I was a starting point guard. And he, he wanted me to score more. So I scored a little bit more, still play on the defensive end. And then my redshirt junior when Tyree came and uh, Dom came and then Tess was on the wing too. And he told me I just need to make some shots. So I focused, on, I focused my game on just shooting threes, shooting threes, catch a shoot wide open. And I got my percentages way up. Uh, but at the same time, on the other end, I was supposed to cover everybody, everybody's mistakes. Cortez, who is now the, the leading steal in school history or, or for the season, he gambles a lot. So when he gets out there and he jumps the lane, if he misses it, I have to be there to, uh, to cover for him. And that was just that was something I like to do. I like to take charges, and I just like to make those energy plays. Talk about uh, these four other seniors you, uh, you you played with. Penny Hampton was on the Eagle Hour yesterday. We've talked to Tyree. Um, we've talked to uh, to Cortez. And, you know, just with, with Dom's uh, pedigree, man, you know, transferring over from Memphis, uh, you, you look back at, at this senior class, man, there were guys around you that depended on you and you depended on them. What a great senior class. I mean, it was, it was amazing. I got a lot of respect for, for all those guys. I mean – I hosted Cortez on his uh, recruiting visit and just to see what he became over the four years that he was here. Uh, when Tyree came, just how he how he affected the whole team and the speed of the game and cutting down all our turnovers. Uh, Dom was a super athletic wing, a strong guy who who uh, he worked hard and he uh, and he really knew how to score and that's that's what we wanted him to do. And I got a lot of respect for for Penny for how he stuck through it, even though. Um, he wasn't getting many minutes, but he was always an energy guy in practice. He was always trying to get everybody going. He played hard. He never took a day off. And uh, and I really enjoyed playing with all four of them. You mentioned uh, your high school, your high school coach. I think you're the first person, Kevin, I've ever talked to that went to Paul W. Bryant High School in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Now, now you know, Tuscaloosa is your home. We would say maybe you got delivered out, out from over there when you came to Hattiesburg. But uh, but growing up, um, was Southern Miss ever on the radar? And, and how did you uh, end up in Hattiesburg? Uh, well, Southern Miss wasn't really on, on the radar for me. But I did take a trip down here, I think it was when I was in the eighth grade, because my brother, uh, A.J. Holland, played. He, he committed to Rice, and he played at Rice, so – one of the closest games we could catch was driving down to Hattiesburg. So I was I was here to see him play one game. That's all I knew about uh about Southern Miss prior to um Doc giving me a call um after my senior season and and he wanted me to come down for a visit. So it was just one of those things that was kinda of close to home. I didn't take an official visit, but I came on unofficial before before anybody else was on the staff was hired and before uh, we even knew what players were on, were on the team, and um, he just we sat down. He talked, and he asked me what kind of shots can I make uh, <laughs> as we watched film, and it was just a fit for me. Kevin, I understand that uh, not only you're a great basketball player, you're a pretty good student too, and that you're going to leave here with a master's degree. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Well, you should be commended for that. Uh, uh, absolutely, you're, you're the. You're the example of what a student athlete is supposed to be, man. We congratulate you on that. What What's next for you, Kevin? What, what are you going to do now that your basketball and soon to be your college career is done? Um, I mean, I've, I've looked into a few things. Uh, I got my, I'm getting my master's in sport management, so uh, I've looked into some administrative positions. Uh, I want to work 
around college athletics. Um, but I've kind of I've kind of leaned t- more toward trying to coach, uh, just like mm-hmm. just like my dad did and and my brother's doing now. It just seems like it's a fit for me because uh, I felt like I understood the game, and I, I feel like I could teach it because I. I always try to teach my teammates different things when they come in and freshmen that come in, how we do things here. So I think that's I think that's probably my next step. I got to figure out how I'm, how I'm going to get there and uh, make a few calls and get some connections. But that's what I'm looking at so far. Well, I know your family's proud of you, and for good reason. And, and I hope that uh, you're proud of yourself because uh, what you've done, not every young person can do. So congratulations to you on all of that. And before we let you go, do you think next year we'll see Doc back in the suit and tie, or is it going to be the sweatpants, long sleeve T-shirt forever, Kevin? Uh, well, I think with the 20 wins, I, I hope he never puts that uh, back on. <laughs> so, he looks and, and a lot they, more natural in them sweatpants, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he looks real comfortable, and and I mean, it, everything's just slow. We got on, we got on the win streak, so maybe he'll come out that first game and uh and have on the long sleeve shirt, and they can get it rolling from the beginning. Hey, before we let you go, is there anything you want to say about Doc Sadler? What what did you take from your from your experience of playing for him? Um, just the I would say he had a lot of faith. I mean, when when we were down uh, those first those first few years, he always he always believed in us, and he always tried to give us little uh, milestones that we need to to make throughout the season. And and um, he just he just kept pushing everybody, and I think that that was the biggest influence that he had on me because. Because he he pushed me to a different level uh, that I never thought I would reach, mm-hmm. uh, and just by just by staying on me and and everything I did wasn't wasn't ever ever good enough. So he just pushed me to get get better and better, and and I think that's what he what he instills in everybody that he coaches. What do you think? You may call him in the future, just let him yell at you a little bit on the phone. <laughs> Uh, I might call. I might call him a little bit, but uh, I, I can't. I can't take much more of that yelling when I'm not on that court. <laughs> hey, well, look. We, we there's no doubt you're gonna have a lot of success in your life, man. We thank you for being on the show, and thank you for everything you did for Southern Miss basketball. You're welcome. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. All right. Kevin Holland, everybody, a really great example of what Southern Miss Athletics produces. We'll be back. Patrick McGee's next on the Eagle Hour. Back on a Friday afternoon. Thanks for listening to the Eagle Hour today. This third segment brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Some of the best plate lunches around. Slide in there, get some of that great food, and see all of the Southern Miss memorabilia. Shrimp, poor boy. Philly cheesesteak. 
whatever mm. Kelly J. Center got. But uh, right. Fourth Street Bar and Grill, great place to go. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Well, talking a little baseball and maybe a little spring football, go down to the Gulf Coast to join Patrick McGee, the professor of the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Patrick, how's your Friday going? It's not going too good because Patrick, well, we'll we, Patrick we lost back. Patrick. Yeah. Look at the rotation, Bob. Uh, Southern Miss on the road at UTSA. Um, Stevie Powers, as we talked to Coach uh, Barry on Monday, something going on in that shoulder. So uh, he's not uh, going to throw this weekend. Looks like Adam Jackson will slide in tomorrow. And looks like we just got Patrick back up. And so, Professor, we got your text, and now we got you on the show. What's going on on your Friday? Oh, not much. Just wish I was sitting out in this beautiful weather as opposed to in, in, in an office. I'll head out to a baseball game tonight in Biloxi, but it's kind of a – just rather be out in the sun right now. It's been amazing. This this week's been, been great. Talking uh, some baseball with you um, today. Look at the, uh, the, the rotation for this weekend. Stevie Power's out. Adam Jackson will step in tomorrow. Of course, Powell will uh, throw tonight, and Gabe Shepard's going to throw Sunday. Um, your thoughts uh, leading in into this weekend series with UTSA? Well, if you look at what the pitching's done, even with you know powers out, maybe some other guys not quite healthy. I think they got what three shutouts in the last four games as a staff. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, so I just you know Walker Powell has kind of stepped into that Friday role and has been the, the big hoss, really kind of uh, been the guy that everybody can kind of look to every weekend and expect to kind of deliver a, a big start. Last weekend was a complete game shutout, so. Uh, that Southern Miss pitching staff is only getting better and the bats have warmed up. Uh, they're getting enough offense. You know, there's some days they could probably get a little bit more, but uh, they're, they, they're getting more than enough with what the pitching staff is doing right now. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I don't believe in jinxes, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to jinx the, the team by saying this, but I mean, is it safe to say that the offense is back? We wouldn't say full capacity, but they're rocking along, uh, you know, 80, 85%. They look a whole lot better now. Yeah, I mean, I, I was talking a couple of weeks ago. I, I knew the lineup would get a little bit better. They would start uh, start to produce. But I, I think this is probably about as good as this group is going to be this season. They're just not – you know, it's just kind of hard to live up to what the team has done the last two to three years at the plate. Uh, Walner, you know, at some point he's going to start hitting for a little bit better average and stuff like that. So maybe they've got a little bit more room to grow. But uh, as a group, this team just isn't going to turn out the runs like they had the last few years. But – uh, you know, it's kind of fortunate for for the Golden Eagles that they really don't have to uh, with the way the staff as a whole has performed. So, Patrick, if Stevie Powers were pitching, do you think Adam Jackson has been slotted in as what would be the Sunday starter if Powers were healthy? Yeah, most likely. I mean, I think he's you know he's kind of a veteran guy at this point. He's a senior, pitched a lot of ball in JUCO and looked good at times last year and. I think this was going to be kind of his year to really kind of step in and, and play a prominent role in the staff. And so, yeah, he'd probably be the Sunday guy. I know that Gabe, she- uh, Gabe Shepard has kind of been forced into a role, and uh, he's a guy with a lot of potential. Uh, he's not really worked that deep in the games yet, but uh, I think uh, they they know they're going to get a few good innings out of him, so he's kind of helped them uh, on the weekend just kind of contribute that those three- to four-inning starts. How good is this uh, Texas San Antonio team? Are they a challenge to the Golden Eagles? Uh, I would expect Southern Miss to be favored to go out there and win. I don't think Texas San Antonio is quite as good as the teams we've seen in recent years. Uh, I haven't seen much of them, but I know where they haven't really kind of 
uh, delivered a whole lot to speak of. So I would expect Southern Miss to be in good shape to go out there and win a series. They're, yeah, I'm the same way. Win a series. They, they I talked to uh, Jason Marshall, the head coach, on Wednesday on the Eagle Hour, and mm-hmm. you know they beat Texas. They beat Texas in a midweek game. Um, they they went kind of down to the the nail uh, the the end. It was a nail biting game against Missouri on Tuesday. He described it as they've just been up and down. They've had some injuries. Of course, yeah, we were laughing about it on on Wednesday. That the Arius kid for UTSA, he's finally a senior. He's like that Pasquantino kid from the Old Dominion. You feel like he's been playing Conference USA baseball for like fifteen years. But they've got some pop. They got a sophomore uh, batter that's you know like three ninety four. Uh, just with you know with that road trip, uh, you just. This this team still right. has to get where they don't overlook people. Yeah, and Southern Miss has hit the ball well out at San Antonio. I know there was a series a couple of years ago to where they just put up monster numbers out there. I think it's kind of a ballpark that's good for hitters and guys like Matt Walner. So I would expect Southern Miss to put up some runs this weekend. Before uh, before we turn the page to uh, some football, you had retweeted an article from Alabama.com. Um, Chandler Best, Southern Miss signee, struck out 16 last night. And, you know, that just brings up uh, you're always, you know, keeping up with, with different Southern Miss signees. Um, this kid looks like he's really good. Anybody else that uh, Golden Eagle fans can just be watching their senior year? Right now, I mean, mainly I've been kind of focused on Coast Kids this season, so I haven't really followed many other guys. I just saw the Chandler Best guy kind of show up my timeline. As a lefty, uh, he's pretty impressive. I don't know if he's kind of on some major league team's radar or something. You know, any lefty that can kind of uh, get it up there and get, you know, and dominate the way he's dominated, maybe he kind of pops up on some radars. I don't know. But uh, down here on the coast, I mean, there's, there's an insane amount of talent on the high school baseball level, but not, not many Southern Miss guys in the mix. Uh, I think there's a Leif Moore that maybe Southern Miss needs to look at. I wrote a feature at him, uh, about him this week. He's hitting 91-93 on the gun, and he's thrown 37 innings, and he has 65 strikeouts and one walk. Mm. And he has he has no Division One offers right now. Uh, so, uh, I you know, I, there's some guys that kind of pop up that senior year. And uh, these days, you know, whether it's baseball or a lot of other sports, uh, schools are really kind of signing, their, getting their class together well before that senior year starts. Uh, so a guy like a Leif Moore last year it was uh, uh, Bailey Hendon at Van Cleve. There's some guys that you kind of watch. and uh, Leif is signed with PRCC, and I think what we're seeing is that more schools that you know rely on, say, a PRCC or a JCJC for talent, uh, they're willing to let them go to you know to JUCO for a year, then maybe get on get in on them. I think maybe that's what we'll see with a Bailey Hendon or or a Leif Moore in the future. Uh, but yeah, there's there's so much talent down here to keep up with. And, uh, Trevor McDonald at George County is, is, is an All-American right now. He's throwing 95, 96 miles an wow. hour. Wow. Turning uh, the page to uh, spring football, just kind of been uh, so much of an emphasis on the running game because it was uh, the Achilles Hill last year uh, with Mosley and Anderson back. You throw Mayberry in there. Been hearing good stuff uh, also about um, this JUCO kid, Kevin Perkins. I think he came from uh, Northwest Community College. What have you been hearing um, You know, with the offense and, and even with the quarterback battle? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's – pretty much what you would expect i don't expect many fireworks here early in in spring just because i think everybody's kind of on the same level uh to uh, learning the offense and learning what uh uh, buster faulkner wants to do with the the scheme so i I don't expect much movement on the depth chart until everybody's got a full grasp on that maybe in the final week or two of the season i think right now it's it's just a matter of learning you know what what he's expecting and what pace they got to work at uh it does kind of leave a little bit of space for some uh, first-year guys and younger guys 
to maybe kind of show you know show themselves and 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 learn right along with everybody else. Uh, Perkins is a guy that you point out that you know it's one of those things where maybe not everybody's moving at full speed through the first week or two of spring practice, but maybe in the final. Uh, a week or two, we'll see actually where guys stand. So I wouldn't read too much into work. You know, guys are what what guys are flashing here in the first week or two. I think what we'll we'll learn more once we get into the week of the spring game. All right, Patrick. Size up where we are right now in baseball. Uh, the Golden Eagles got the uh, the worries behind them that uh, caused the five game losing streak. What what would you think we'll see uh, moving forward out of this team? Uh, well, I, I think they've just kind of reasserted themselves as, as far and away the best team in Conference USA through the first two weeks. Uh, you know, if FAU's a good squad, it's only got one loss on its uh, record right now in conference play. Uh, you know, it's it's been pretty impressive how Southern Miss has turned it on after it, the season really looked like it was kind of teetering there a little bit just three to four weeks in, uh, whether it was, uh, you know, just they weren't hitting the ball enough, defense was kind of sloppy. Uh, I don't think this team is like well, like I said earlier, and they're not going to hit it as well as some of the teams they've had in the past, and they're just not going to be that great of a fielding team overall. Uh, but just as long as they're okay in that aspect, they're going to win baseball games. Southern Miss just has more talent than anybody else. You know, you see FAU and FIU, uh, they'll have talented guys come through, and Wyatt Tech relies so much on junior college talent that it's just so hard to build consistency. Uh, everybody wants to be a Southern Miss because they've got a good formula of high school and JUCO talent and everything else. Uh, really an area to really kind of rely on for recruiting there in South Mississippi and really uh, across the region. So Southern Miss is a model that everybody kind of wants to follow. And right now that, that formula is still working, even though Southern Miss isn't quite as good uh, at the plate or maybe defensively as they've, the last, uh, they've done the last two or three years. That formula still works. Scott Berry's got a, a juggernaut going. Even whenever things look like they're going to take a step back, they're still – just kind of running away mm-hmm. with the league after two weeks, but FAU is going to probably be right there on the heels here for at least the next month or so. Yeah, they've been slamming the competition in Conference USA too, not just beating them, but beating them badly. Right. Right. All right, Patrick, we appreciate you coming on today. We'll have you back on your normal Thursday slot next week, and uh, we hope you have a great weekend, Professor. All right, y'all too. All right, Patrick McGee, everybody, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Luke will catch us up on all the other sports activities taking place at Southern Miss when we come back. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Patrick McGee, Kevin Holland, and basketball head coach Doc Sadler for joining us earlier in the program. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Carter's Jewelry, located in Petal, Mississippi, and online, cartersjewelry.com. Well, the Golden Eagles out in San Antonio for a three-game baseball series. Uh, game one tonight at 6 p.m., game two tomorrow at 2 p.m. and then game three Sunday at 1 p.m. Walker Powell takes the hill tonight. 
2-0 and with a 2.12 ERA. He will be taking on Karan Patel, 1-3 and and a 2.17 ERA. Something uh, to mention, Bob, uh, before I hit these other sports. Uh, UTSA, their two starters, um, have pretty good ERAs, and so we're going to need another good performance out of Walker Powell. Golden Eagles looking uh, to stay undefeated in Conference USA. In about, uh, let's see, a little about an hour and a half, Southern Miss uh, track and field will host their first home meet of the outdoor season, taking place today and tomorrow at the Marshall Bell Track Complex. It's the Southern Miss Invitational. Golden Eagles, along with other 15 other teams they are hosting, will take place this weekend. Another big weekend for softball. Softball's got a doubleheader tomorrow against Marshall, and then game three Sunday at 12 p.m. Remember, tomorrow it's um, that promo uh, fundraiser for Southern uh, Pines Animal Shelter. Uh, and basically, uh, you, when you buy a $4 ticket, school gets $2, and the animal shelter gets $2. Disney Day tomorrow. Still wondering uh, what Samantha Papp's walk-up Disney song is going to be. And mm. be sure you can dress up like your favorite Disney character and, and win a, a media packet. And then Sunday, softball tickets only $2. A couple other things to mention. Tennis back in action this afternoon against Prairie View. And then tomorrow against Tulane. A lot e- going on. Eagle Hour on the road next Friday. We'll be broadcasting the show from Ramey Motors in Purvis, Mississippi. Also scheduled uh, in the upcoming month to make a couple appearances at Fuzzy's Tacos. So we're not yes. uh, we're not uh, going to be shy about going down there and eating lunch. I can assure you that. But uh, next Friday at Ramey Motors, remind you that uh, you can hear the podcast of the show on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. And the show's available on demand at supertalk.fm. And uh, we hope that you'll, uh, if you miss the show, we hope you'll find it that way. Okay. I have to bring it back up because it's a news story. Um, Two days ago, um, the offensive and defensive pass interference calls in the NFL are now... Reviewable, Bob Getty, thirty-one to one. Who was the lone owner that didn't vote on it? I don't know who was. It? I, I don't. I can't find it. So I no. think it's maybe. You know, the only thing that concerns me about that is um, how much is that going to slow the game down? That, that's the criticism that I've heard from other people. Right. Yeah. Because as I understand it, starting next year, if there's a if there's a play that the coach thinks should have been pass interference, you can challenge that as well. Correct. From now on, you will be able to. Yeah, yeah. If it's if it's pass interference, you can throw a, a, a challenge. So I don't think you get any extra challenges at all. You just you know it, it falls under what you're able to challenge. It still limits you to the two challenges. I don't, yeah, I didn't see anything on the press release where you would have extra challenges. Well, I guess that's a direct result of the uh, forever controversial play with the Rams and the Saints. But it still is within two minutes. You can't challenge. It's it's booth. You know, like like oh, it okay. always is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But. Uh, I don't know. I love Todd Munkin, but there you go. So Yeah, you know what he said. He told me to get over it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> in, in big letters. My only concern about, about trying so hard to get every little thing right in NFL football, again, is that uh, I think one of the problems with college football right now is the length of the games. Yeah. And, you know, an NFL game, you can, you can pretty much count on an NFL game being over in three hours or less. And I just wonder how much time this will add uh, to the length of NFL football games. This is another interesting one. They voted it down, but there was a, a proposal where they would be fourth and 15, which would have given teams the option not to kick off after scoring in the fourth quarter. 
Instead of choosing an onside kick, they would have given the teams the option to run one offensive play from the 35-yard line. If you get 15 yards or more, you would have maintained possession and you wouldn't have to do an onside kick. They voted it down. That's an interesting concept. You get one offensive play. and I know at one time Goodell talked about trying to eliminate kickoffs because he was afraid of injuries. I just hope they don't go too far. Though. Move up to the ball to the 35, you'll have a touchback every time. No problem. But what we've seen teams doing now is they'll intentionally kick the ball down to the two-yard line really high mm-hmm. so they can cover it and you know get inside the 25. Well, that's an exciting play in football, kickoff returns. It is. It's one of the most exciting plays. But statistically, it's one of the most uh, the biggest plays where injuries take place. And so you know, I tell you what, this uh, this AAF football, it's the real thing. Really, I it, really it's watched it's the real thing. You know, and and there's kind of a mixed bag. You know, if they're going to be able to make enough money to keep it pulling off, but mm-hmm. I think football? it was only like game two or game three, some quarterback got hit in the mouth, and you know what? No flag. Is that right? Wouldn't happen in the NFL, would <laughs> they? Just sacrifice those players that are yeah, Tom, Tom Brady. Tom Brady got uh, they they whiffed at Tom Brady's head, fifteen yard penalty. That's right, it works. Uh, real quick, basketball, very exciting. The Purdue game last night, I thought, was just exceptional. I was glad um, because our our dear friends in that conference, where it means just so much more, were yeah. put out. Yeah, I hate to see an SEC team get knocked out myself, Luke. Uh, We'll be back Monday at 1 o'clock. We thank you for listening this week. And until Monday, Southern Miss. To the top. Talk Mississippi Media Production.